Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop, and we're missionaries at Acts 29. And it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of your families, and those who are leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve its mission in, in this world. So this is part two of a three-part mini-series right now, where we're just unpacking what... Um, we feel God's given us at Acts 29, that is the three essential principles. So we're in principle number two today. It's called, It's Not Enough to Be a Staff. We're going to spend some time talking about this, hopefully make it really practical and very helpful for those of you who are leaders and uh, trying to lead teams. And uh, with that said, we're going to open this podcast episode in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that... Um, You've just revealed truth, the truth that we can't do this alone. We can't do mission alone. We can't do life alone. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've surrounded us with people, and you have even more people that we don't know yet, that you've called to help work in your vineyard. And so we pray right now in a special way for any leaders tuning in, whoever they might be, that they just would feel encouraged to know that you have other laborers that you are calling to come and do mission. So Lord Jesus, send the Holy Spirit to Phil, Rick, and I right now to unpack the second essential principle you've given us and help all of us to uh, grow deeper as disciples. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All right. All right, Nick. Thanks a lot. So let's recap a little bit in our last episode. And for those of you who haven't heard it, we just ask you to go check it out. Nick gives us a little bit of a history of how the three essential principles came about within Acts 29. But since then, it's it's really become something that we feel that the Lord's put on our heart to share with every leader, That's right. every leadership team, whether you're in the church, in the church setting, or you're a faith-based leader that's out there in the secular world. And so the first essential principle that we covered last episode, to, it's essential that a leader in the team reacquire a biblical worldview. And today we'll talk, as Nick said, we'll talk about that it's not enough to be a staff. Essential principle. And then the next episode we'll talk about the third, which is that the team, the leader, needs to be docile. We need to be docile to the Holy Spirit in that the Lord has the plan. And so it's really learning how to listen to and discern the plan that the Lord has for us. And again, as a reminder for those who hadn't heard it, these are principles. And principles like physical health, our principles are you need to eat well, you need to get your sleep, and you need to exercise. Those are the principles. Now, how you live out those principles is up to you. But with regard to these three essential principles for leadership transformation, we have some recommendations. We have some, some thoughts that will enable you all as leaders to help transform the church. These principles are not, it's not a process, it's not a program, it's not prescriptive, it's not only theory. But these are, it's a journey, these are guides, these are very practical, and they work. And the last thing I'll say is, as, a, as a recap overall on three essential principles is, and you've done a great job of, of sharing with me from the origin, Nick, that, you know, even though all three of these as standalone are very strong principles, like strong metals, if you will, when they come together, they work as an alloy. They take on a whole nother dimension and, 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 and they become one 
together, and you can't separate one from the other. So the, we think these three together form an alloy, and they're even stronger together, not being able to be separated from each other. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you separate the principles, you'll, you'll see some fruit. But when all three come together, it just provides a very unique opportunity for transformation. That first principle we talked about last week, just briefly, that is reacquiring a biblical worldview. And uh, this is all about getting clarity on who God is, why he created the world, why he created you and me, right? Why he created us, why the world is so messed up, and it obviously is, what God's done about it, and then ultimately, how do we respond to God? Uh, flowing from that, we have this deep conviction that Jesus is Lord. This is so important to get uh, flowing out of this biblical worldview. God's not anxious, so we don't have to be. The world is, you know, feels chaotic right now, but it's still in his hands. So we don't have to be worried about that either. And then you personally, I know me sometimes, we feel like fear, anxiety, doubt, worry, try to control things, all that stuff that goes on inside us that we have to kind of deal with each day and combat to try and find peace. All of that comes from not seeing things clearly. It comes from not seeing it from the lens of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So that's that's that, that's some of the stuff at the heart of the biblical worldview. And maybe and maybe a little more, uh, maybe a, a debrief. There's so much we can talk about from that first essential right. principle from last episode. Maybe a little bit more for folks is um, it's that biblical worldview is also having the clarity that the most important event in human history has already happened, and it's namely the death and resurrection of Jesus. And there's so much in our culture that suggests we're moving close to something even bigger, you know, that we're building up as a society that, that, there's, that, the, that the best is yet to come. Now, there's growth and there's, there's progress. There's techno technology progress. But the best that's ever happened, the, the arrival of the Lord, the death of Jesus and resurrection of Jesus and what he's done for us, that's the best thing. It's not going to be a new scientific discovery that'll be better than that, though that'll be important. But it's nothing in comparison to the fact that the Lord came to bind the strong man, right? To give us eternal life. We just remind anybody out there, if if you wanted a, a, a tangible asset, if you will, or something to follow up on to help you with a biblical worldview, is we just highly recommend getting a copy of the book, The Christian Cosmic Narrative. And, uh, or any of the other resources we mentioned in episode three. So let's shift now. So that's just maybe a little bit of a recap of that first essential principle. For now, for that second one, it's not enough to be a staff. Okay, and, and we think about this journey that coming together and working together and getting things done essentially is a staff. And then those that really start to work together on a common goal and it becomes more about each other and the unit, you become a team. You can even become a highly effective team. Right, where you really get to know each other and how you work. We're challenging. The essential principle here is to challenge even to go further than that and to become actually a more biblical entity, if you will, or a, or, or a biblical concept, and that is become a family. Become a family on mission. And we even use the body image, right? Yeah. You can become this, the, the body, and so that you are so mm -hmm. become one that no matter what the body part does, that if one part hurts, the body hurts. So that's the challenge here. So, you know, a staff is very functional. You go to work. Every employee has a job. Very functional. Get things done. But that, that, that coming together and then taking it beyond doing something great 
but doing great for God, doing life together, actually loving one another. And, and then when you get to that ultimate, we're challenging you all to be and, and we to be in our mission is that missional family doing life together for the sake of the mission that God has assigned to us. You're discipling one another. You get to know each other's families. And let me, before I, I turn it over to you on this one, Nick, is, you know, I think about my career and I worked with teams my whole career in the secular world. And, you know, there are a few instances, and maybe I'll talk about one later, but few instances where there was that actual love. Because the word love is something that's like, that's weird. You don't talk about that at work. <laughs> yeah, work. <laughs> you know, I love my family. I love my spouse. Love, I love my relatives, maybe. I might even love my friends, but work is work. You don't love people at work. That's getting a little weird and touchy-feely. But that's what we're, we're, we're challenging you to the opposite here. It's you need love. And for those of you who have had that experience, you know the power of having more of a familial res- relationship. And that's, that's essentially kind of defining it. This principle is all about moving deeper and deeper to this reality of who God is himself. I mean, God himself's a family, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so stepping more deeply into our identity is what this is all about. And, and, and not trying to go it alone. And not seeing work as work, but seeing it as mission. And especially in the church, right? But even, even seeing your job, if you work in the secular field, as a mission territory. And that's, that's the whole point of loving someone at work is like, this is part of the mission field. So with that said, you know, we, we get this principle in one very real way from Exodus 18. So in Exodus 18, Moses is, um, is exhausted. Let's put it that way. He's exhausted, and he is spending all day long basically counseling and judging all the affairs of the people of God. I mean, Adjudicating Israel, every issue, yes. right? Oh, oh I've got goodness. an issue with my neighbor, and you know, give us the, the judgment on this, right? Put it straight. Resolve our conflicts. It's, so he's, he's inundated with all this, and it's, he's losing his mind. And his father-in-law, Jethro notices this and goes, but he's like, you, sir, are being an idiot, right? I mean, it's not good what you're doing because you're worn out. And when we're worn out, we're not the best version of ourselves. So you can imagine Moses probably getting a little annoyed, probably getting a little short-toned, right? He's not listening as well as he would before. And the people of God are getting poor service, if you will. They're getting poor leadership. And so Jethro calls this out. And as a result, Moses presses into raising up He's appointing new leaders to judge over all the people of Israel. And now he has a team, you could say. He has a family. The family's grown. It's the family of God. And it's grown. And there's now another layer of leadership to help give everybody the love, the care, the attention they need so that they can be a high-functioning people of God. So that's, 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 that's kind of some of the backdrop biblically. It's like, like this isn't something we created and came up with. This is biblical truth, biblical wisdom applied to our current reality. And one of the reasons why I love that story, that reality, that part of history, is that you think about even teams today. Jethro felt comfortable because he was family. Oh, he yeah. wanted what was Great best point. for Moses. Great point. Right? He saw that he was killing himself. He was exhausted. And he goes up to him, you know, so how comfortable are we going to if it's the bishop? or to our pastor, or to our CFO, or a leader, or, or, leader, or to even to our spouses. And spouses, sometimes. right? You know, it's a, or to our superintendent, or to the a teacher, or, you know, someone on the staff. And you look at it and say, you're being an idiot. Only friends can do that, 
right? Only family members can do that. People that really have a strong relationship. So if you're family and you love each other, you're able to say that stuff to say, but I'm, I'm not saying that just to ridicule you. I'm saying that you are not doing what's right for your benefit, nor for the benefit of the family. Yeah. All right. And, and, you know, and when sometimes we talk about families, sometimes they're the most dysfunctional groups out there. So we're talking about healthy families. We know uh, we've all had brokenness in our family, and that's normal for teams. You have some, no family's perfect. They're perfectly imperfect. But some we know are very, have struggled, and we don't want right. anyone to think that, oh, we're, we're talking about traumatic family experiences. Correct. We're talking about, you know, functional families, good, loving families that still have issues. Of course. And that, that's the that's the model we're trying to press for. Yeah, and I think that, that. that body image, and Nick, you have a great image of if you if you picture, you know, this team more as a as a body. Yep. You know, with the with the brain and the and the can you share your share your thought on that. Picture you're looking at a body scan. And in this image, the body is let's say the parish to use the example of parish could be diocese could be family but so what the parish so you're looking at a body scan and the body is the parish the head is christ right imagine if you could see the whole spinal cord that whole spinal cord is the staff of the parish now most of our parishes uh, we experience that spinal cord as pinched if i have a, if i have a pinch in my nerve in my back and i've had plenty of them you get severe dysfunction sometimes in parts of your body. So in the same way in our parishes right now, many of us are experiencing our, our, our staff, our spinal cord is pinched, and so we have heavy dysfunction. But many actually would say to us in response to that, well, my staff's not just pinched. It snapped. Yeah, yeah. But right. to also point to an image that's like, hey, you know what? If we can get the spinal column strong and healthy, yeah. get it adjusted back into its proper place, now we have a really high-functioning body that can really do some great things. So maybe to help even more, there's some, some scripture passages that we've, we've plucked out here that if, if we envision, you know, this, we're, mo- we're not simply a staff. We're more of a family, a, mi- a family on mission. So in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. This is a great one for teams. And it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's that mindset of we can't just be a staff. It can't be more about me than the team. And I actually I want to regard others as more important than myself. Another one that I really love that you normally hear at weddings. As a matter of fact, I just I was at my, my uh, nephew's <laughs> wedding, and this they, they did First Corinthians. Did they? they did all of Chapter 13. <laughs> but an element of it or part of it says love is patient, love is kind, love does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Now, at a wedding, it makes sense. Well, yeah, I've heard that a hundred times. But take that now to your work team. Are you a family on mission? Are you really, are you keeping record of wrongs? I, I have two quick stories, actually. And I, there was a point in my career when I was so angry at my boss, mm. I kept a file folder of the things this person did or said. I, I'd do a little note to file. And I'm embarrassed to even admit I did this. And this person I just felt was controlling my future. And I was so angry. And was I keeping record of wrongs? I had a full folder mm. on it. And I remember the day I deleted it. Mm. I, I, you know, I healed. You know, I had that, 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 that personal experience was like, what am I doing here? My, my wife could tell 
I was grumpier. And when I deleted that, you know, I, I totally deleted that thing. It was freeing. You know, another story, in a positive way, I had the opportunity to work in Mexico City for just about four years. And the culture in Mexico, I found to be so family-oriented. And, you know, and they're known, generally, uh, Mexicans are known as being very family-oriented and loving. And, man, that was the first time that in my job... I, and I was the, the, you know, I was the gringo, right? I was the the, the foreigner down yeah, that's in right. New Mexico City. Talk about being embraced. Hmm. And they, it was almost like they forced me to have lunch every day with the team. And I wanted to learn Spanish anyway. And, and so I required that we only speak Spanish. And I was horrible for months. <laughs> Just horrible. I couldn't understand. But there's some good stories there. Oh, good stories. <laughs> mistakes. But that whole, that experience was in a secular environment. It was treating each other like a family. Then you become a family. And, man, I got more attached to them in three years than I did maybe in 10 years in other in other spaces, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's possible. And then the, the last piece of Scripture here that I'll, I'll mention for our listeners, Nick, is James uh, ch- uh, chapter 3, verse 16. Kind of the flip side, it says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. And that disorder often comes from selfishness, selfish ambition, and envy. And then then you have teams that are are dysfunctional, and they're not going to become close to families. So a couple to think about. Yeah, you know, this reminds me of my own, like, journey as part of teams, you know. Um, I can remember sitting in a room uh, as a team member years ago now, um, and I'm not— by no means am I like perfect now. I'm just saying, like, I remember this moment where I was sitting there watching my boss really affirm another teammate. And I was struggling. My boss and I were struggling in our relationship. So it was just, it was a difficult situation already. And then he's affirming this, uh, this person in the room. And I let me guess, let me guess. Did you feel happy for that person? No, that's the thing, right? <laughs> I was upset. I was upset that they were getting recognition and I wasn't. Because I felt like I was trying my best and doing a good job, and we were having a rocky time, and this other this other well-deserved praise was happening, and guess what? That's envy. I was sad at their success and their yeah. recognition. And, I mean, and it's humiliating to say, like, that yeah. can be in me. Yeah. But how many of us have been part of a team where, and we're not even aware of it, but, like, I'm getting a little bit off kilter because something good's happening in the room around me, and it wasn't to do with me. Yeah. That's envy, folks. Yeah. And honestly, God wants to just crush envy in our lives because he wants us free of that. So I just want to encourage you, if that's ever been you, or it is you, or in a few months you find yourself in a tough spot and you fall back into that place, ask the Lord to come and pray with gratitude for the person who who's getting blessed, you know? I mean, no, anyway. that, that's great, Nick. And that, that kind of transparency, I just appreciate you being open about that. And, you know, we're not proud of when we're feeling like that. And, and, <laughs> and so everybody who's out there that's in the situation, and we've all been it probably at one time or another, and, and even though we feel great right now, it'll probably happen again. So this personal health, you know, we're, we ask everyone to think about your healing impacts team healing. My healing impacts how far we can go as Acts 29 or the other teams that I'm associated with. That team will only go as far as the health of each team member. So any feeling of anger envy, any any of that baggage. Yeah. We have to individually first check ourselves. But you know, it's the, 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 the question that seems simple, they, that would be a simple answer, is the same question that Christ asked the man by the pool who hadn't walked for 30 plus years. What did he ask him? He said, do you want to be healed? 
And that wasn't the only time he asked that. Do you want to be healed? Do you really want to be healthy? Do you want to be healthy as a team? Do you want to be a familial, a family on mission? Well, who doesn't want to be on a team where you're known and loved and can love others? And isn't this the desire of every human heart? But sometimes there's obstacles. That's exactly right. There's there's obstacles to these things, and they they get rooted. They I mean they can be. I mean most of the time actually they're rooted in our childhood. Um, and so there's 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 moments like I just shared where I was feeling envy, and then there's moments that are um, coming from a much deeper place that sometimes we're not even really aware of. Yeah. So if we don't do that hard thought work, we don't take that time to press into resources and pursue our own healing, those tools, people, counseling, healing prayer, um, or even just even just your own like you know healthy self introspection to discover why do I feel this way? Why do I respond that way? You know, why did that come out of me in that moment? And to trace those roots so that the Lord can bring freedom and healing and wholeness to you, those things are going to inhibit people from ever really becoming part of a team. Yeah. And so if you're leading a team and you see this happening, it's an invitation to all of you, to yourself first and all of you to say, let's, let's go deeper in all of our common pursuit to be f- first personally well and then also communally, it's that, it's that twofold dimension of healing. I need to personally be set free, and I need our team to collectively be set free. Those are two dimensions of healing that have to take place if we're ever going to become staff, then team, then family. And with that foundation of you're sharing a biblical worldview. Amen. And then when we get to the bidas of the Holy Spirit, God has the plan, it all works together. Yeah. So, exactly, and this is why it's a, this is why it's an alloy because exactly. they just interfold and intermingle. The more you're healed, the more you can see biblically. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So the other part of this, you know, to be more than a staff, and there's a massive industry out there. It's almost too much, right? It's yeah, almost too much. Out there. And that's around these concept of uh, strong teams or organizational health. So let's dig into that one as well, because there's a lot of resources out there. Maybe we can help simplify for folks. First of all, what do we mean by organizational health, Nick? And, and how might we recommend that people approach it as, as an individual leader and or as a team? That sounds great. And, you know, Rick, because we're all about being authentically human, we're sitting here doing this podcast. Our team sends us a picture of them having a great time without us while we record a podcast. That's, that's love for you right there. <laughs> that's harassment, Nick. <laughs> Okay. We're going to get even with them. I'm envious. <laughs> yeah. It's all coming to bear right now. Okay. I don't feel joy for them right now. Okay. Uh, right. Rick, you're, you're spot on. I mean, th- this is its own kind of industry in one sense, but it's so powerful. And, you know, there's a temptation when things get thrown around a lot to kind of start to ignore them or become numb to them. But we really want to press upon everybody. This is This is truth. This isn't like a thing from the secular world. This is true. And if it's true, it's from God. And it's very powerful for the transformation of us to become teams. So we get this work from Pat Lencioni, right? Namely, his book, The Advantage. This, this, this is organizational health. And just a quick unpacking of that is to say, for any organization to be successful, they have to be good at two things. They have to be smart, and they have to be healthy. So we're going to focus this time on the health, right, the organizational health side. But to understand the smarts, what we're talking about in the smart side is programs, technology, finance, vision, theology, catechesis, best practices, the latest book or article you can read. All that stuff's on the smart side of the equation, and it's very important. We need to know that. But it's not the great maximizer. The maximizer is organizational health. 
And this includes things like minimum politics, minimum confusion, high employee morale. People are genuinely excited to come to work. Um, how we discern God's will, personally and communally. How we discern God's will in ministry. Um, we, have, we, have, we have high productivity, not because that's our goal, but because that's the fruit of our relationships and how we're behaving together. We have low negative turnover. Great people come to work for us and they want to stay. And then it includes also how we treat each other. That's organizational health. And it is the maximizer of our smarts. So let's just spell this out for a quick second. If this team over here has A-plus smarts and D-minus health, that brings their smart score down, right? If this team over here has an average intelligence, but they're really healthy, it's going to maximize that smarts. And they're going to use it better. So you could have all these great people who are brilliant in the same room. If they don't get along and they're jockeying for position and they don't trust each other and can't have co- healthy conflict, they're never going to see the capacity of all the collective intelligence in the room. So organizational health is all about becoming very healthy personally and communally. And you mentioned Pat Lencioni. Pat's on the board at uh, Acts 29. Uh, even before I knew Pat was, <laughs> I love this you know, <laughs> was a man of faith or, or you know, let alone Catholic. Uh, you know, I was a bit of a groupie because, you know, in the HR, human resources circles in corporate America, the five dysfunctions of a team is great work. We, mm-hmm. we leverage that. You know, he, he's got the new thing on the working genius, and it's, a, it's another good tool. And there are many good tools out there. We tend to like Pat's simplicity. We know that he's aligned with us and kind of a mission that we're all called to do. Um, there's other resources out there that we'll mention in a little while, whether it's through Pat or through some other apostolates that we just highly recommend people go after. But to be healthy, as you mentioned, there's that there's that there's that intellectual smarts and that emotional intelligence even more important. Most most people are smart enough intellectually. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely do people not get a job because they're or, or being a job they're not smart enough. We tend to see the challenges yeah. when when they're when they're, the emotional intelligence is low and it's just not a healthy organization. So um, we just encourage, you know, as, as a team, as a leader, you've, you've got to cultivate, you know, it's like watering plants. You've got to cultivate uh, this health of your organization. And you've got to be, whether it is the resources that we'll mention in a minute, you've got to be clear on your mission. You've got to have clarity of what you're all about. What do you really do for that, wherever you are, for that school, in that family, be real clear on what it's all about. So it's, it's hard in a, in a short podcast to get into all the details, but let, let's share some of the resources. That, yeah, and, we'll, and to be sure for our listeners, we're going we're gonna to bust this kind of stuff open a lot. We're going to talk about Do some you know, dives, yeah, yeah. intellectual alignment and how important that is. And, you know, getting what, what do we mean when we say mission and vision and values and all this jargon that gets thrown around? Let's get really clear on those things and find a way to answer those things. Um, so, yeah, this book we just talked about. The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. Well worth your time. Well worth the read. It is, um, uh, it's, it's kind of like the Bible of organizational health. So that, that's one worth reading. Another one from Pat. It's called The Better Pastor. Um, so if you're a priest or a bishop, we really encourage you to read that. It's a very short read, a couple hours. And um, just a great little narrative about the impact, you know, organizational health can have on uh, a pastor. There's a book, uh, Crucial Conversations, very popular book. We found that our work, sometimes it's even harder. You would think it's easier, and we mentioned this in one of our last podcasts. You know, we think it'd be easier within a church setting 
to be to be able to address issues yeah. because you know to show love for each other but we get caught up into what we call catholic nice yeah. or <laughs> yes. christian nice yeah, yeah. you know it's like i don't want to offend anybody so i'm not going to share with them something that maybe they aren't doing right but really you're doing the opposite you're not honoring them by allowing them to continue if you've got something that's driving you crazy that you need to talk about to ignore it makes it only worse it festers you know it it, it helps neither of you right. you know either you swallow it and, and and are hurting and the person is ignorant to it or they know it as well and in the fact that you're not talking to them or as a team you're not talking about your issues so crucial conversations is a good one how you can be brutally honest without being brutal. i was just gonna say that that was the <laughs> phrase right through my head i'm like rick say it say it it's your phrase <laughs> You can be brutally honest without being brutal. It's just a great, it's a great one-liner to keep in your mind. A, a couple other ones here. Um, we don't want to overbook you, but Bob Schutz and his work at the John Paul II Healing Center is just worth looking at. I mean, that is that has had a profound impact on my life and the lives of many on our team and um, thousands of others across the country. It's just that deep interior healing work that we also. Uh, desperately need and desire to bring freedom. Another one right behind that is Unbound. It's one of my favorite prayer models and methods uh, because it's brought me, it's had such a deep impact on me, my wife, our marriage, and so many others we've had the opportunity to do ministry with. So Unbound by Neil Lozano, just another great book. Um, And then right behind that, also from Neil, and uniquely with his son, Matt Lozano, um, a book that just really helps us enter into our identity as sons and daughters of the Father. When we say identity, when we say I'm a son of God, I'm a child of God, I'm a daughter of God, that's not a theory or something that's like information to assent to. That is something that's an actual, tangible reality. And God wants to give us that experience of realizing that. And a great book and resource to help us understand what that means is Abba's Heart. Again, by Neil and Matt Lozano. We've also been encouraged by other apostolates that are out there that work on culture, on team development, on evangelization and discipleship. Uh, Divine Renovation is a great one. We highly recommend you at least consider Divine Renovation. Amazing Parish, also out of the Denver area. You know, they're, they're really solid. And, you know, they, that's also part of Pat Lencioni's I guess a little bit of a side job, I and mean, the guy's got so many things going on. But you know, targeting parishes, we know they've got great conferences, and they do what is essentially executive coaching and team coaching, but it's done with a missional mindset. Yeah, and they keep morphing, and now they now they've incorporated so much more than that discipleship and evangelization as well. So yeah. yeah. But as always, we want to make everything we're talking about really practical, and so we want to say, okay, so you're hearing this. How do I do this? How do I press into going from a staff to a team to a family? I mean, most of the people we've worked with, uh, they just say, yeah, we could really grow in this area. And so let's, let's just give a couple of quick pointers. One is get to know your people. So you're part of a team. You're leading a team. Maybe it's people out at a secular job or in the church and ministry. Especially for, like, ministry context, Invite people over to your home, host them for dinner, spouses, children, get everyone together. We actually recommend oftentimes quarterly, a leadership team and a parish or diocese should be getting together, bringing their families together. You got to get in each other's lives. I want to meet your kids. I want to meet your spouse. And it just creates tremendous opportunities for community building. Again, the, the, team, you're a, the team you lead, the team you're a part of, those should be communities it doesn't have to be the community in your life, but it should be certainly a significant community in your life. That's never going to happen if you're not in each other's lives. So get, 
get in each other's houses, get them on the calendar. The second thing to do, that kind of flows from the first one. We said, hey, do like a retreat together, you know, to experience the gospel. That's going to be a great builder to build team. But start having intentional conversations. Ask different questions. Instead of just always doing like, you know, like the work, if you will, start having conversations, you know, that are just like, hey, what's the Lord doing in your life? Yeah. Start having conversations that really build trust and then let everybody know the concept. Like share this podcast episode with them. Say, I really want to grow in this area. What do you guys think? And if you, all of a sudden this conversation starts to flow and then you start reading a book together like The Advantage or The Better Pastor or Five Dysfunctions of a Team and you start to grow in the concepts. But then at some point, we assure you, you're probably going to need some outside help to get you along the journey. And I assume there's more than one person right out there right now that's thinking, yeah, that's all I need with my busy schedule <laughs> is now I'm going to so go true. have more dinners with other people. And that is the mental model. That, I mean, that is the biblical worldview that says it's more than just a job. If you're on mission for the Lord, mm. what, you know, it's like, Lord, what is the greatest commandment? His answer was love, love God above all things, all your mind, heart, soul, strength, and love others as I love you. And, and once you, 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 you embrace that, that's why that's so foundational. It's a biblical worldview. And if, you're, and if you know you're on mission with people, that's, that's the commandment. Right. And it's a desire to know people and, and to be known. So just challenge you. If it's a struggle, if that was the first thing you went to, we've all been there. We're there continually now and then. It's like, oh, more time away. But at the same time, think of and I think you did it in one of the other episodes. You think about the time we spend on oh, yeah. non-missional yeah, you exactly. know, media and everything else. So we just we, we know it's not easy to do, but it does take it's it is a paradigm shift. Yeah, it's part of re-seeing Rick, that was a great point. It's part of reorienting ourselves to see the mission as first to me and this team. Yeah. Like if our team isn't doing mission with each other, discipling one another, how can we ever expect it to happen like in the pews or in the other people we lead? We have got to exemplify these things first. Okay. All right, as always, here's a contact info. We're going we're gonna to give you the mission challenge here, and we're going to then close in prayer. Uh, the, in, the contact information, send any thoughts, any recommendations, any feedback to the mission guys, one word, the mission guys at acts29.org, and that's A C T S X X I X.org, the Roman numeral. Acts29.org. The mission guys at Acts29.org. So the mission challenge, folks, there's kind of two parts. There's a personal element, then there's a team element. So this second essential principle, it's not enough to be a staff. So the mission challenge is to reflect and pray on this. Where am I personally on this essential principle? Am I okay with just being part of a staff? a job, even being part of a good team. What's keeping me from truly loving the people with whom I work? Am I pursuing my own personal healing and freedom? If not, why not? Okay, that's, that's the personal element. Second part of the mission challenge is this, and take this to your team. Where are we as a staff, a team, a family, missional family, a body? Wherever you are in that journey, where are we? Are we pursuing healing and freedom as a family, as a team? And have that discussion. 
And with that, let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming to earth, to starting your mission, and sending us out on that mission. Holy Spirit, please help everyone listening right now to process, to understand, and to be renewed by this discussion today. Please help each and every person listening today to see themselves as the Father sees them relative to this principle and remove in them any obstacles that are preventing them from being able to love those with whom they work, to give fully of themselves to their teammates, to their missional families, and to give fully of themselves to the mission that you have called them to pursue together. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My turn for the sign-off. So that's it for episode four. We challenge you to go and be more than a staff. <laughs>